featuring all its best from the king of instruments on community keyboards. again and welcome from Ian Wollstone home to this edition of Community Keyboards on air and online. Now as ever over the next one hour I'll have music from the King of Instruments with everything from classical and theatre organ pipes to digital electronic organs and keyboards and beyond. Later in the show I'll be looking back through our archives and joined by accordionist par excellence Gina Brunelli, whose name cropped up recently in a conversation with Rob Howard from Stockport Accordion Club. Oh, and I'll have more news from there as well coming up. Well, let's get the programme started musically with this very appropriate tune from the 1945 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel, which of course was adapted for the big screen much later in 1956. Thank you. 
Stephen Vincent on a combination of Paramount Virtual Theatre Organ and Yamaha EL90, and June is busting out all over. Well, from one June to another now, June Nixon, one of Australia's best-known organists, choir trainers and composers, June Nixon initially obtained a Diploma of Music and Bachelor of Music from Melbourne University. Postgraduate scholarships enabled further study in London, where she gained Fellow of the Royal College of Organists and became the first woman to receive the John Brooke Prize for Choir Training Diploma. In 1968, she was the winner of the Australian National Organ Competition and was appointed organist and director of music at St Paul's Cathedral, Melbourne, in 1973 and only relinquished this after 40 years in February 2013. She's given numerous recitals at the Cathedral and at Melbourne Town Hall and has given other recitals in London, most recently at Westminster Abbey. So let's have a listen to Happy Birthday Hair Bark, composed by Ronald Watson and played by June Nixon on the T.C. Lewis organ in St. Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne. Happy Birthday Her Bark was played by June Nixon at St Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne. Well, from Bark to Back, Tony Back to be precise, and we've often included some of Tony's later performances before his sad death in 2006, but here's a chance to turn the clock right back to his Hammond organ days, and in this case the M102 model with a custom Sharma speaker. Memories of the music used to start and close down Radio 1 in the 1960s with Sir George Martin's Theme 1. (laughs) 
Tony Back playing theme one on Hammond M102 from 1968. Well, this is becoming a habit, it seems, from Radio 1 to Radio City, Music Hall, that is, and Walt Stromey at the famous four-manual 58-rank Wurlitzer Theatre organ ten years ago in 2008. Here's the artist to make the introductions. Yes, it is quite a beast to play. This is a piece that uh, many of you will remember as having been recorded by the great Ethel Smith. It's called Tico Tico.
Tico Tico, courtesy of Walt Stroni at the Radio City Music Hall Wurlitzer. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I've never included music from the original Wurlitzer Opus 2037 installed in the Tower Ballroom Blackpool on the 30th of March 1929. It had two manuals and ten ranks of pipes and remained in place until 1935 when, with the popularity of Reginald Dixon as resident organist, a much larger instrument designed by the artist was needed for his regular broadcasts from the tower. To take us up to the break, here's Reg with another tenuous link coming up. Having just heard from Walt Stroney, here's Walt Disney with a song in my heart and hi-ho from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Reginald Dixon with some Disney memories on the original Tower Wurlitzer. I'm Ian Wollstoneholm, this is Community Keyboards, and I hope you can stay tuned after the break to hear my conversation with Gina Brunelli. You're listening to Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM. Thank you. 
I suppose the most obvious question, Gina, surely must be, how did you first really become interested in the accordion? Well, my mother and father were both accordionists, professional accordionists, and um, they didn't want me to take the accordion up straight away. They decided I needed a very good musical training and uh, put me on the piano. And I completed my training with teacher's degrees and a licentiate, and they decided then, um, would I be interested in the accordion? And the, the truth was, I needed an accordion because I couldn't get practice time mm. at the North the Royal Northern College of Music, which was in Manchester. And uh, the accordion was perfect. It was transportable, and I thought, this is just a means to practice with a, what have you. But I became terribly fond of it and decided that I loved it so much that I then took it as my lead instrument, um, superseding the piano. We decided the piano now was very good, but now the accordion was becoming very much a friend. And at that point, I decided it was going to be a career with the accordion. So that the formal training uh, aspect was, was really done on the piano and the traditional absolutely, musical learning. Absolutely, yes. And I, never, I would never regret that, because I now still teach the uh, piano, and the accordion as well. And I think I still say to my students, well, we'd like to go nicely with five grades on the piano before we really do very much with the accordion because if there are only four, it's too young to go on the accordion because of the weight of an instrument for mm. a start. So five years only takes them to being nine and then they can start with a, a, an instrument of 48 bass or, or 72. They're at a, an age when, depending on their height, they can take to the instrument quite nicely at that age. And I, you know, I have always maintained that the piano gives them that wonderful grounding. Yes. Uh, the theory, and I use the associated board, and I, I have always found everything laid out so beautifully. Um, and then we give them a choice. We say to them, do you wish to continue with the piano and add the accordion? Or they can change the accordion if they wish to, altogether. And a lot of them have done that. This is very much a, an instrument which, um, I guess, en com completely encapsulates the phrase have accordion, will travel, Be because it's certainly taken you to, to far-flung places, hasn't it, oh, oh, yes, all over the world. I've been around the world seven, eight times now. I've played in every country in the world, I think, any major country I've been in. And I've done television work and radio work in each of the countries. And I've been on the Queen Elizabeth for seven years, um, on board her, and, of course, that gave me the opportunity to find all of these places. And uh, the transportability of the instrument and, of course, um, the fact that it looks so beautiful. Mm. Uh, people can see what you're doing. Your hands are seen to them they can see everything you're doing makes it a, a very interesting thing for people to watch you doing you mm. see so they, they become uh, very interested in the instrument Thank you. 
I suppose rather like uh, many uh, people's assumptions that the, the, the organ world, if we can describe it as such, um, is, is rather all cathedral pipes. Do you, do you find that people have this preconceived idea of a, I hate the word, and I'm sure you do, squeeze box, um, in, in spite of all the obvious technical uh, advances with, with accordions? Yes, well, I have to say that's, that's really the root of the instrument that people remember. And I have to say that at the time we did have some very good teachers, but they were spread around a lot, a little like they are now, um, with many, many miles between them. And people took the instrument up rather less seriously than they do today. Uh, they they got into bad habits with bellows. Um, obviously, this led to the term squeeze box. We see a squeeze box play. I won't say on every corner when, when they're playing outdoors because there are some very, very good accordionists play outdoors. But there are the odd one that still keep the phrase going, the squeeze box. But in the main, I think that the majority of people now uh, to call it an accordion with its correct name because now it seems to have got over that initial squeeze box situation. But if it wishes to be known as a squeeze box, we can't stop that really. Although I don't like the phrase, no, sure. I can understand exactly where it came from. But now things have, uh, have got better and we've got books to explain to us the best way to play the instrument. And I think that this has got rid of uh, a lot of the bell- bad bellows work which is the breathing of the instrument mm. and I think this is now losing the name and we're now getting into very, some very highly technical playing and requiring very good control of the bellows. I was rather surprised like I, I suspect many people uh, here at your wonderful studios uh, on the, the Fylde Coast uh, Gina that, that the electronic aspect of accordions has been around for quite a number of years um, do you find that that attitudes have, have changed with the more modern type of electronics? That's to say, uh, uh, orchestral accordions, MIDI, and things like this. A lot of the a lot of the features which you find on modern electronic organs, for example. Yes, I think this is how I re- relate it. Really, I've always related it to the organ, with one difference. No matter what, we still have those bellows and we still have those reeds involved even in an electronic instrument, which obviously makes the electronic instrument still acceptable to the majority of accordion players because we haven't taken away any of its normal um, normal ideals, certainly its bellows, its reeds and its wonderful acoustic sound. But uh, to say about electronics is like saying, well, had we never experienced an electronic organ? Mm. And those players that play an electronic organ would know what I mean when I say it's exciting to play electronics. It's exciting because it takes on such an orchestral view of the instrument that it it actually makes the instrument more acceptable to more people outside its normal following. So people see an accordion, they hear these wonderful sounds, but they still hear the accordion. The accordion is still there, they're still listening to an accordion. And I think this has made it far more acceptable and has taken it right into the future. And with the concerto now, that's definitely taken it into the millennium with no problems whatsoever. That's going to be a very big uh, step forward with the instrument and it's proving to be fantastic, which means that we've really gone the whole hog now with the instrument without... I must say, without it playing itself, 
This does not happen with the accordion in, 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 in the description I've, I've given it now. We still have to play it. We have to be seen to be playing it because, you know, it's a really silly instrument because you can see everything that an accordionist does. It's impossible to cheat. <laughs> and so we've never taken it that step yet. Uh, one or two do try, but it's very noticeable to all instrumentalists that this is happening. So we try to avoid that. So you still have to play this instrument, but with all of the advantages of a full orchestra. And and of course, an orchestral mind has to work along with an acoustic mind. And here it, it calls on two aspects of a musician. It says you are an accordionist, but now you're an orchestrator. You now have to orchestrate this piece of music and you have to be correct with each of the instruments you portray. Your ranges have to be correct. Um, otherwise, somebody turns around and says, my trumpet doesn't go that high or my flute doesn't go that low. Yes. It's got to be perfect. And therefore, we have to call on expertise here. So it isn't easier to play an electronic. It's much harder to play an electronic than it is to play an ordinary accordion because we have another total vision of the instrument to take into consideration but it has certainly taken the instrument forward it's no longer an old-fashioned accordion it's now got all of the things you can have on this that you can have on any other very futuristic instrument so this is now allowing it to go forward I hope you enjoyed listening to that trip down memory lane with Gina Brunelli. Uh, on her uh, concerto MIDI digital accordion, Gina played Luce e Ombre and part of the Allegro da Concerto. And I should just say that those items were recorded only in mono. And if you enjoy accordion music, there's a rare opportunity to hear the classic Kiev duo on tour from the Ukraine later this month. Rob Howard tells me that they are one of the world's finest accordion duos specialising in classical music. 
Their annual UK tours helped to raise money for the survivors of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. And you can hear the duo live on Wednesday the 27th of June at 7.30 at the Stockport Accordion Club, who meet at the Woodley Methodist Church in Stockport, and the postcode is SK61NF. And you can find out lots more about this thriving club via their website, www.stockportaccordionclub.org. Well, stay with me after the break for lots more music from the King of Instruments here on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM. This is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm. From the nostalgic sounds of the theatre organ to the latest digital home keyboards, it's right here on Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm.
welcome back to Community Keyboards, and that was the Flying Dutchman Dirk Jan Runzheim at the Boom Organ, and the Julio Iglesias hit Hey. Dirk will be joining me on the programme next month, incidentally. And looking ahead to August, one of my guests then will be Jean Martin, who, as you may recall, put the electronic organ firmly in the spotlight a few years ago as a finalist on Britain's Got Talent. Well, I won't keep you waiting till August. Here's Jean at the Allen Computer Organ with a couple of classics, Thank Heaven for Little Girls from the 1958 Learner and Law musical Gigi and Somewhere Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz. Martin on Allen Digital Organ, recorded at Scarborough Organ Society in 2014. Well, when I typed Jean into my record catalogue, the first name that appeared was Jean, Michel Jarre, that is. 
Back in the 1970s and 80s, this artist revolutionised electronic keyboard music and continues to do so for decades on. This is an extract from a new release, digitally remastered, of the classic album Oxygen Part 4.
Oxygene, part four from Jean-Michel Jarre. You may recall a few months ago that I visited the local church organ world in Shaw, where Keith Harrington introduced us to the brand new Johannes One single manual church organ. In principle, a powerful five-organ sound, 80-stop keyboard, ideally suited for church use. For our finale then, here's organist André van Liet and the Rondo by Dutch Eurovision Song Contest composer and conductor Rogier van Otterlo. Otterlo's Rondo, performed on Johannes One keyboard by André van Liet. And that's just about all we have time for on this edition. I do hope you've enjoyed the mix of music and conversation. 
and I'll be back next time with some more from the King of Instruments. Don't forget you can catch up on anything you might have missed on this edition by checking our website at communitykeyboards.com where you can listen again or, of course, via the oldhamcommunityradio.com website. And if you want to get in touch, the easiest way is through email to communitykeyboards at gmail.com or, of course, you can email direct from the website. For now, this is Ian Wollstenholm saying thanks very much for listening, take care, all the best, and bye-bye. Keyboards with Ian Wollstonehome.